Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 181, or 181. I switch it up every time. I don't know why I do this. Episode 181 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me today across the table is Spencer Lafferman. Hi. Always as excited as Gabby. Very simple hello. They don't need to bullshit. Just get down to business. Today, we're talking about Get Out as the start of our Black History Month uh, theme. Uh, so every movie this month will is going to be a black director, um, and I'm pretty sure they all have a pretty uh, good, you know, black cast as well. So in honor of this month, we're going to be giving out fun facts as well, uh, just to educate people on black history. Because, you know, may, you know, not everyone may know things. I mean, all the stuff I put on here, I have no idea about. So I'm educating myself and I'm educating everyone on this podcast. So before we get to all that, we've got some got some hot button issues that I need to get off the table. The first being, um, okay, so. I was on Facebook the other day and someone told me through a post. Well, they said, okay, the post was, uh, remember the last of us is not a zombie show. And I don't know enough about this, that move, that, that show or well, the game. So I don't know. I can't, I can't comment on it being zombies on my end because I've, I've, played the first game and I'm currently watching the show which yeah. is fucking excellent by the way yeah I've heard um, it's amazing um I mean there are only three episodes in but each episode is, is literally better than the last but uh personally to me I don't consider it a zombie okay. show slash game okay yeah I don't know like personally, I said I've, yeah. ne- I've never without without saying why or whatever I personally will answer that question like that okay well in the co- I went down to the comments just because I was curious and there was a topic that I found very interesting, and the person who posted this also said 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie, and I fucking called blasphemy on that because their defense was they're not undead, so they're not zombies, and my defense was, okay, well, it's a virus that takes over you that turns you into a flesh-eating thing. That is a zombie. When when was it written that zombies specifically had to be undead? I mean, if you look up the definition, it's in the definition. Okay. So so it's but, technically written actually. But you... I mean, but I mean, what, what's stopping them from being undead? You, you're 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 consumed by this virus that turns you into something that you're not. You wouldn't do otherwise. So who's to say that's not technically really undead? Well, in in that case. Oh. No, you know what? I'm just going to leave that alone because it is kind of spoiler for okay. The Last of Us okay. for you. So I'm not going to say that. But, you know, there does beg a question. Like, for instance, uh, in The Walking Dead, clearly, like, everyone's like, these are zombies or whatever. But they never use that word ever. They use walkers. Walkers, they, yeah. They enti- I never, I didn't finish the entire series, but I guarantee you they never referred to them as zombies the entire time. I'm pretty sure they don't. I'm th- that's their thing. They so call walkers. them walkers. Or, so walkers, or, which, which, which just, as people that walk, basically, is lots of walkers. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you th- say dog walker, it's somebody who walks dogs. So, like, clearly we know, like, they're, you know, quote-unquote zombies from what we're aware of from, like, other movies and, like, the comic books and stuff. But they call them walkers, which, you know, uh, uh, I, I can't remember off the top of my head where else I heard this. But one, instead of calling them zombies, they said flesh eaters. Yeah. Which, I mean, t- to be fair, you're, yeah, somebody who eats the flesh off, you know, like, like human skin, that's flesh. Fair. But they're not using the word zombies. So, I guess in that respect... Sure. Um, it's been a really, really long time since I've seen 28 Days Later, but I love 28 uh, Weeks Later, the sequel. Yeah. Fucking love it. And those are zombies in the sequel for sure. I will 100% die on that grave. But so without like just right now with my knowledge of this, the second one and it, it being a sequel to the first, I'm going to say yes, there's zombies in 28 Days Later. But uh Maybe they're not fully formed zombies yet, and maybe they're f- more fully formed in the sequel because the sequel is actually more of an action film than a horror film. Yeah. So I would put it in the action horror uh, genre, where the first one is straight up horror. Yeah. Um. So so I would say maybe you know maybe they're just considered, which yes, undead are considered zombies, which in a way that's what they are. But like in the term of calling them a zombie. Or whatnot, I would, for argument's sake right now, because I haven't seen the first one in a while, but I would call them zombies in the second one. I would say they're undead, like unformed zombies yeah. in the first one. So that's that's my take on that one. Yeah, because I also looked it up just to make sure I wasn't incorrect, and I found four different things, descriptions. One of them was a deadly virus transforms humans into blood-thirsty, rage-filled zombies that leave a handful of survivors on the run for their lives. 
The next one was um, animal activists invade a laboratory with an intention of releasing chimpanzees that are undergoing experimentation infected by a virus that causes rage. Going down more, you say you, they, they say after finding a church which, which had become inhabited by zombie-like humans intent on his demise, he runs for his life. Okay, next one. Um, do do do. The story depicts a breakdown of society following the accidental release of a highly contagious virus that focuses upon the struggles of our four survivors to cope with the ruination of their life they once knew. Uh, this film is widely recognized for revitalizing the horror genre and introducing fast zombies. Next thing, Alex Garland settles the debate once and for all. 28 Days Later is indeed a zombie movie. Yes, the post-apocalyptic classic does fall under the purview of the undead genre. And I posted all that to this thing, and they're like, post all you want. I disagree. And I'm like, the fucking guy said they're zombies. So I, I was just curious Alex to... Alex Garland wrote it. I was gonna say he must have wrote it because uh, because uh, Danny Boyle, Boyle, yeah, Danny Boyle directed. So he must have wrote it. I didn't realize Alex Garland, Alex Garland uh, wrote that movie. Uh, yeah, it was written by Alex Garland, directed by Danny Boyle, and the 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 one that they're thinking about revamping, like twenty eight months later, is like on the table right now. And I think yeah. Alex Garland would direct it. If, that's, that's what yeah. I yeah I did hear that. But yeah, Alex Garland wrote it, and yeah, Danny Boyle directed it. But yeah, I just had never I had oh shit. There's a fucking IMDb page for twenty eight months later. Oh okay. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but it just means it's on the table. Oh, and it's supposed to be directed by Danny Boyle and written by Alex Garland. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. All right. So 28 months later is there. But yeah, I, I had never heard anybody say that that was not zombies. So I had to ask you. And if anybody else has the, you know, their opinions, please, I mean, you know, like, if you look at the definition of, of zombie, it's it's I mean, it makes sense. But like people call them differently. I guess there's a I want to say a special criteria to consider it a zombie. But like, I guess. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, see, my in my opinion, they don't really have to be. If if you are if it's a vi if you get infected with a virus that turns you into a flesh eating being, that's a zombie to me. True. Okay, but also like 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 take take also the, you know, like uh, in real life, like you know, somebody's like sluggish or whatever. Like oh, like they're just using the term. I feel like a zombie today. Obviously, they're not dead. Yeah. There was no infection. They just are really tired or hungover or something from the from the last day to make them feel like that. So I guess in that respect, you're using it as a, de a different definition than undead. You just feel sluggish, shitty, like you don't want to do anything, like like you're walking without a purpose, like you're yeah. just, eh. Like, you're meh. You're meh. So like, but in movie or I guess TV show or video game lore, sure, that's what we would consider a zombie, like the horror uh, aspect of it all. But like like I said, there, there's other terms you can use the word zombie, like... Like, 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 I just like, you know, you, oh, I feel like a zombie today. I don't want to do anything. Like, you feel sluggish. Like, man. Yeah. So, I guess it depends on who's saying it and how they interpret it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I did. I, I guess I was never aware that there was a written rule that they specifically had to be undead to be zombies. Because, I mean, what do you classify as undead? Rising from the grave or being infected with the virus that takes you over to where you're not conscious anymore? You know what I mean? So it's like... Well, I mean, it, it could be a, a bit of both because yeah. if, if your your own brain is not conscious to what you're doing... I would and, consider and that something undead. something else is taking over, that's the whole, like, meh, meh yeah. aspect of zombie. But the undead aspect to where you rise from the grave after being dead for however long or whatever and you're you're moving but you're like you're you're not coherent you're not you know as witty or you can't really speak you're not as smart as you know you were when you're alive even though there are movies with smart zombies out there warm bodies uh land of the dead for the most part oh yeah that's true they they are they're more co coherent in land of yes. the dead they recognize things i mean i mean even dawn of the dead has i would consider a bubba i mean or bubs what was his name I forgot. I yeah, th I think it's Bubba. I'm yeah, pretty I think, sure. But 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 still, I would consider in Dawn of the Dead there are quote unquote smart zombies because they're they're dead. They're uh, like they're they're dead, but they're or oh, I guess undead. But they're aware of their surroundings, but they still really can't like have motor function as a person who would be alive. Bub, yeah, his name Bub. was Bub. Yeah, okay. B U B. Okay, I was close. So yeah, so all right. Well, so then I guess, I guess that it, answers that. I guess it. it yeah, just disappeared. Uh, Depends. I, I almost said <laughs> disappears. Disappears. I was gonna say disappeared, but I was like, why does that even make sense? <laughs> uh, okay, so that that makes me feel better about that. I thought I was crazy for a second, and I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure these are zombies. Um, so 
Speaking of uh, zombies and demons or whatever you want to call it, I, I saw a movie recently called Talk About, or sorry, it's not, I need to talk about, sorry about the demon. Uh, it's a Shutter original that just released a couple days ago, and it's about a guy who moves into this house that's inhabited by all these demons, and he recognizes them, talks to them, acknowledges them, and it's really, really fun. It's a very good horror comedy. Uh, so if you haven't seen it or haven't heard about it, check it out on Shudder. I'm not really going to go into it too much. I just wanted to briefly mention that it is a lot of fun because, you know, it's also new for this year, too. So um, I've, I've already seen, by the way, so far for this year, and it's barely February. I've already seen five horror movies for this year. We've got Knock at the Cabin coming out this weekend. Yep. We've got um, Cocaine Bear, which apparently isn't listed as horror and we've talked about this it's listed as a thriller and that fucking doesn't make sense because it is about a cocaine induced bear that is ripping people to shreds maybe because it's what? actually based on a true story it's yeah I but like know. it's a bear on cocaine ripping people to shreds so i'm fucking, i mean to me that's a comedy uh, yeah i'm i'm putting that on my horror list i don't even care but that's coming out at the end of the month on february 24th um, not horror, but uh, we got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wasp Quantumanium coming out, which is going to expand on Kang, and I'm very excited about that. And did you see the John Wick 4 trailer? Of course. Well, it was uh, we saw it in the theater when we saw uh, Infinity Pool Same. last night. Oh, no, that's where I, yeah. saw, I saw it, yeah. I mean, I, was, I mean, I've seen the trailer before a while ago. Like, like I forgot about that. I was like, oh, that's right. John, John Wick 4 is a thing. Oh, yeah. So that's exciting. That comes out. The tickets are already out. Not to buy yet, but they're already on yeah, the AMC out, app. It comes out in March, so like that's not too far. Yeah, March 24th. So we're going to go see that for my birthday. Nice. Because if it comes out, well, if it comes out on the 24th, that means it comes out on the 22nd because... 23rd. Well, it comes out on that Thursday. Isn't the 24th that Friday, though? Because you said it comes out on Son the 24th. Son of a bitch. So if it comes out on the 24th, that means they come out on Fridays and there's early ah! shows Thursday. We'll go see it on, yeah. We'll just go see it that weekend for my birthday. That's a good birthday present right there. I've been waiting on that one for a while. Of course, I'm going to have to watch one through three to like get caught up because it's been so long. I know one like a book, but it's two and three that I'm like, okay, what the fuck happens in these? I know three has and the this dogs. One is, I'm so excited, too, because this one is the longest out of all of them at running. Right now, it's rumored at two and a half hours. Jeez. Where the last one was like two hours and 12. So each one is longer than the, than its predecessor. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, it's crazy because usually when you're in a fourth movie, you don't really expand more on a story where this one is 100% expanded on a story we don't have, right. that we haven't seen, like yeah. that, that we get from the trailer, which there are parts of that trailer I wish were not in it, personally for me, because now I'm expecting certain things I would I would never thought to expect from this movie. Yeah, they do that sometimes, you know. <laughs> oh, they do a lot, yeah. Uh, and speaking of John, uh, John Wick, really quickly, I uh, recently, we'll just talk about some stuff we recently watched before we go on to Infinity Pool. Uh, I watched seven. I've been on a um, Martin McDonough, 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 Hugh. I know you're talking about the guy who did in Bruges. Martin McDonough. Yeah. So I've been on a kick of his movies lately and I bought all of them because he only has like four movies and I watched seven psychopaths and my review is my review starts with this movie is like John Wick, except for the dog doesn't die and everyone is an absolute maniac because the whole movie is about the fucking dog. From Seven Psychopaths. I was like, this is just like John Wick, but the dog's alive. And <laughs> All of his movies are fucking masterpieces. Yeah, so I gave Seven Psychopaths a four, and then we watched Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The only reason that didn't get a five was because I kind of, I didn't hate the ending, but I was like, I wanted a little bit more resolution than what I got. And then we watched The Banshees of Inisherin. My favorite yeah. movie of last year. Uh, four and a half again. And Bruce is still my favorite at a five star. But every single one of his movies is a four to a five star. Like, he is fucking brilliant. His brother or one of his brother or I think it's his brother did a movie with uh, called The Guard. Where he, he, he wrote it, too. And it's basically the same type of humor and everything with uh, Don Cheadle and uh, Brandon Gleason in it. And it's fucking hilarious. It's yeah. a dark comedy just like the rest of them. I just love, I, I, I like directors that use the same actors and actresses. That's why I well, think yeah, I like it. Know, yeah. If it works, it works. That's why I like him. Okay, yeah. Uh, the Guard, directed by John Michael McDonough, 3.6. Put it oh, on the it, list. It's awesome. Put I it love that list. movie. Yeah, Brandon Gleason, Don Cheadle, Leon Cunningham, Catherine Koss. I know that name. Oh, Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Oh, and Terminal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. All right. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of good stuff lately and uh, also rewatched Mystery Men, which we're definitely we're going to do a sci-fi month next year. 
And we're definitely going to do Mystery Men in that sci-fi month because it's such a good movie. And then we re-watched Barbarian, and it's just as good as the first time I watched it. And then uh, Possessor before I saw Infinity Pool. So what have you been watching lately? And then we'll go into Infinity Pool because we had drastically different opinions on that. Uh, nothing crazy. I mean, obviously, you know, I saw Infinity Pool. I did watch a new movie that was on Hulu that I heard about a while ago. It's, I mean, it's a shark movie, so I was already in, called Maneater. <laughs> She's a man-eater. And yeah. boy, do I... I had a I had a I had a bad couple of movies experiences lately. Oh, dude, I had a I had a few days where it was like, let me go back. Where was those days? Okay, yeah, it was Run Sweetheart Run at two and a half, Meet the Feebles at two, Skinnamarink at one. I was like, fuck this week. <laughs> I was like, I hate this week. Yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't expect it to be good. It's a, it's a low budget shark movie, but like, what do you what do you want? We, you, you can't be fucking Sharknado. That's never never gonna happen again. Okay, I mean, I mean, but we got the Shallows, which was fucking masterful. Oh no, I know. We got the Shallows. We got the you know, the we, um the uh not not the uh, forty seven meters down. The first one, fuck the second one. Not a fan. But of you know, every one. once in a while, you know, you, you, you I mean, you I was get exp- a good shark. Yeah. I mean, granted, it was better than the Requiem or whatever that fucking movie is called. But like, yeah, uh, yeah, Requiem. But barely. So I gave the Requiem or whatever like one point five, and I gave this a two, and didn't like either. <laughs> like honestly, if they gave the uh, Maneater a little bit more of a budget and a little bit more acting classes. I think it would have been decent. It, it's, it's so my 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 thing I always say with shark movies is is for every good shark movie you have out there, there's three behind it that suck ass. <laughs> if you really think about it, I think there's more than three. I think uh, well, I, I think your numbers are wrong. I mean, I'm saying three to be conservative, but yeah, if you know you've got you got good all these good uh, shark movies out there, there's a lot behind those that suck a lot of ass. Like, and it's mainly just because every time they show the shark, you can clearly tell it's. 99% unfinished CG. Yeah. And that's what just, I'm like, well, this isn't believable at all. That's why 47 meters down works so well for me because it's like the most believable scenario and the shark looks fucking amazing. I mean, obviously besides Jaws, that's obviously going to look the best forever, even though it was from the 70s. But yeah, 47 meters down is so good. And even the uh, the Shallows is another really good shark movie. Yes. Of course, Sharknados, they look horrible. But it's, but those are meant to be. They're meant to this be. This wasn't, a, that was, that, those are sci-fi movies. This yeah. isn't. This, this is was, straight up horror. Yeah. It's just, I, 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 I should, <laughs> you know what? I should learn. But also, you know what? I love Steven Seagal movies and I know they're all dumb. Yeah. But guess what? I still watch three or four a year. Hey, man, it's like me the other day when I fucking went to Best Buy and bought Moonfall. It's such a shit movie. It's awful. But I love it. I see. Nope. <laughs> I love it. I could it. never watch that. Oh, dude. I could never watch that again. It, it was just too long. It was. So, oh, it's so, it's too long. It's too. It's it's horrible. Like but once they got into like it was the so sci-fi. Entertaining. Like once they got out of the disaster aspect and went into sci-fi. It got really bad. Like, the, if they stayed with disaster, it would have been decent. But, like, once they went to sci fi, they, they shut the bed hard. Oh, man. It was 12 bucks, and I'm like, you're coming home with me. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit how bad you are. 11.50 too much. Oh, man. 11.50 too much. <laughs> Jesus. No, yeah. I, I, I love a good bad movie every now oh, and yeah, again. Yeah, sometimes. But, like, and I expect that with, especially a movie <laughs> called Man Eater. Like, come on. Yeah, you just. Did the song play? <laughs> no. <laughs> that that, that movie. Like, Fuck okay, that movie. So I saw, I was looking at the cast. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, you got Trace Atkins, who, if you know him, he's a country singer. I'm like, <laughs> he shows up in random ass movies all the time, and he's actually not bad in the movies he's in, except for this one. Why? That's but, so random. And had a couple of cast ca- uh, people that, I, that I've seen before. Like, I had uh, Shane West, who was in uh, I'm, the most notable movie he was in was uh, Queen of the Damned. Oh, did he play Lestat, right? In Queen of the Damned, yes. Yeah, we yeah, nice. Okay, but uh, but so I'm like, okay, and I knew uh, the actress Nikki Whalen, like she she's an Australian actress slash model, uh, and I, she, I've seen a couple other movies of hers, and she, you know, the movies were bad, but she wasn't horrible in them. <laughs> but like, you could see, it's like if I was playing chess with this movie, I would have won in two moves because I saw everything happening after the opening credits, after like the plot revealed itself. I'm like, okay, bam, 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 and. It pretty much happened, bam, 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 and, all, and then all of a sudden, like, when did a shotgun sound like a fucking pellet gun? Is that what happened in this there's, movie? There's a without giving it away, but like when they shoot a shotgun, a it's got like twenty six rounds, which makes no sense, <laughs> and b it sounds like a fucking pellet gun, and 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 uh, you know if you know your guns when you're watching this movie, you can clearly tell that specific shotgun doesn't fucking sound that way. Not that the, any of them do, but like, no. 
Wait, who did you say was in this movie? Nikki Whalen, uh, Trace Atkins. And the, the, the guy that was in Queen of the Damned. Shane, Shane West? Shane West is not in Queen who of the Damned. Who am I thinking? Of, who am I thinking? Of? Click on his name real quick and see what movies he's in. Okay. Like, Shane Tom. West has been in Ocean's Eleven, A Walk to Remember, League of Extraordinary League Gentlemen. Of Extraordinary oh, he Gentlemen. was in Dracula 2000. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. He was in Dracula 2000. Okay. okay. Who am I thinking of was in Queen of the Damned? Who was the. Queen the of the Damned. Uh, Lestat in Queen of the Damned was Stuart Townsend. Stuart Townsend. But he was also in League of, League of Extraordinary Okay. So, so, okay. You can see where I was kind of like, you know. Like the, and they kind of look alike. That's hilarious. Oh, that's a weird connection. So there's some... Okay, so yeah. You're, I just played the Kevin Bacon game without knowing I'm playing the Kevin Bacon game. <laughs> Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's funny. Well, okay. Maneater, you can watch on... Hulu. Hulu. Oh, 1.5. Oh! I mean, yeah, but... Oh! I, but still. I like the, the fucking uh, tagline. 200 teeth, zero chance. <laughs> So Who allows this shit to happen? Wow. I mean, I mean they're low budget, but Disgraceful. like... Disgraceful. Disgraceful. But it's literally every every time you see the shark in there, even some of the, the dead bodies are like, oh, that's unfinished CG. What the <laughs> fuck? Like, I don't even understand. A group of friends on vacation in a seeming... In a seeming island paradise are stalked by an unrelenting great white after an accident leaves them stranded and left for dead. Is that like the? Is it like the shallows? Are they just out in the shallow? Or are they like out like deep, deep in? No, the, in, they're in the they're ocean. deep in there. So so I mean, you have it right there. But a, a group of friends get together to go on a little little bit little vacation or whatever. And I assume in Australia because that's where great whites are. Great uh, great whites are nowhere else on Earth except for Australia. So I'm not going to say anything because that's actually a plot point in the oh. movie. Unless I'm wrong, hold on. I I mean I don't know. Great white but shark. like from what you just said. That's a plot point in the movie that I'm not saying shit for. Okay. Just guessing anybody wants to watch a really shitty uh, shark movie. Oh, just kidding. Oh, they're found fucking all over the place. No, oh. I'm, I'm fucking. Thank you, Zool. Uh, no, they're found everywhere. Don't listen to me. Okay, I well then I can say I don't, it. I don't know shit. So, so, so then the big plot is like when they mention it's a great white uh, Trace Atkins character is like. That doesn't even make sense in these waters, blah, blah, blah. And here we are, blah, like fucking great. Like, it's a plot we've seen a million times in, a, in, a, in, a, in the shark movies, but done even more stupid. Yeah. So globally, they are distributed in concentrations near South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. But they also are found other places. So they're they're heavily populated in like Australia and stuff like that. But they're not specifically located, they're like, you know, only there. Like when I say... Uh, the first the remake of Piranha, the f not Double D, the one before that, like just 3D. Yes, that was an Academy Award winner compared to this. Even though one's a shark <laughs> movie and one's not, but like they both take place in the water. Well, people listening to this probably have seen Piranha and Three Double D, and they're both award winning movies compared to this. Listen to this shit though. Okay, so a female great white can weigh up to fifteen hundred to twenty four hundred pounds be 15 to 16 feet in length and swim up to 35 fucking miles an hour in short bursts. Smash. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> horrifying. That horrifying. Is. That oh is. my God. Holy shit. That is not even, no. This, that's why I don't, if I don't fucking go in the ocean. Not because I'm afraid of great whites, but like I don't go in the ocean, man. I go up to knee height and I'm like, I'm good. This is where I'll be comfortable. <laughs> Someone's like, oh, I'm going to go surfing or boogie boarding. Yeah, have fun. Fuck that shit. If I can't see the bottom of the ocean, I oh, am not. Man. Yeah, you're, you're I, I understand where you're coming from, but you're kind of missing out. One of the best things to do. I mean, I used to do ocean. it as a kid. Well, yeah, but one of the best things to do is when you see a huge ass wave, you swim under it and just feel it go over you. It's, oh, no. I used to swim in the ocean all the, the time. It's the best thing, but it's also the most terrifying because yeah. what's in that fucking wave that, that may kill yeah, you? That's what I'm saying. I used to do it all the time as a kid, but the older I got, I was like, fuck that shit. It's like, it's like space. I don't know what's out there, but and also I'm not, not going to find out. Also, us tall bitches, like knee high is like, you know, we're probably in the middle of the ocean already. I, I was going to say, yeah, knee, knee high for me. <laughs> is like tit high for some people yeah, so, so you know you know what i'm saying um uh, let's go into infinity pool real quick because i know we had varied opinions and i'm very interested to to kind of discuss spoiler free of course okay i'm not writing down any timestamps right now i'm fucking off right now oh man hold on let me let me pull up my little notepad here because i'm completely failing at life 25 28 boom so let's talk about infinity pool 
I went to see it yesterday. We had a really <laughs> another shitty day that just seems to be the status quo lately. Ever since the accident, every day has been a fucking just great joy. It's been so much fun. So uh, we had a kind of a shitty day yesterday, and Gabby was like, "Okay, let's go out. Let's let's go see Infinity Pool." Because we 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 tried to see it Saturday, that didn't happen. We tried to see it Sunday, that didn't happen either. So she's like, "Let's go out. Let's watch Infinity Pool," and it was definitely not what I needed for my state of mind. <laughs> no, definitely not. I just wanted to go see it. Um, so I was like, "Thank you for getting me out of the house," but also, <sighs> my head it hurts. <laughs> Um, so I want to hear your thoughts on it because, um, you saw it that Saturday and then I'll give you my thoughts on it. So let me hear what you had to think about, what you had to say about it. Well, so I, I mean, I went in completely blind other than seeing the, the trailer. Um, I didn't, I didn't look up any reviews. I didn't look up anything. I just, I just knew who was in it. I, I still had no idea what it was about because the trailer didn't really give you shit. Yeah. I didn't really look up anything either. Yeah. So I walked in. I mean, and that's what we did with Possessor. Like, it just stuck up on us, and we we're just like, okay. And it's from Brandon Cronenberg, so I was like, I'm going to do the same thing with this because I loved Possessor. Yeah, um, you gave it the same rating as I did. Four, yeah, four and a half. Yeah, I loved Possessor. So then I, I, I watched it, and for the first, I want to say like, first half, I, I was, you know, I'm like, okay, they got some cool ideas. Like, obviously, Amiga's Goth's acting fucking phenomenal. Like, I'll never deny her that in anything. I actually would like to see her in unrelated horror films. Like I would love to see her in dramas or something more because she deserves a fucking Oscar and being in a horror film, she's not getting what she deserves. Yeah. But, uh, that's another topic for whenever, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but I would love to see me goth in something other than horror to show her acting chops. She would be great in a fucking drama. I think, um, I mean, this was kind of a drama, but anyway, and then like once it started going, you know, spoiler free, of course, once it started getting a little bit heavier into the plot, I was not on as bored as I was at first. Oh man. Like I enjoyed the ideas that they were, that they were showing me in here, but the way they executed, I, I don't think very, very well. Like it didn't vibe very well with me. I was just like, I, I don't want to use the word bored, but that's the best way that's coming to my brain right now is I was kind of bored, man. I was looking at that movie, the, well, uh, uh, you know, obviously in the beginning, it's, you know, starts out very unassuming, like every horror movie does. It's oh, just, of course. It's like, oh, yeah, they have a really cool, like, intro where they they show the title card and, like, the camera shots were all wonky. I was like, okay, this is this is setting the tone. And then it's just like a normal movie up until they meet Mia Goss' character and her, her uh, husband, husband, I guess. I don't know. And then, of course, it just fucking goes downhill from there. Um, but. Which, uh, which out giving without giving anything away, but since you've seen it, you'll know what I'm saying without saying it. Uh, when they got to a very specific edited NC-17 scene, yeah, is where like after that scene is where I started just getting bored with it and and not liking it after that. I well, liked it up to then and that scene, and then everything else to me, I was just like, meh. My God! I mean, I love Mia Goth. I like the acting was great. Don't get me wrong at all. And I that's why I, I I didn't like the actual movie though. But that's why I gave it a two and a half, because if it wasn't for Mia Goth, I probably would have given it a lower than that. Damn. I mean, personally, it just I thought Skarsgård. I honestly, Mia Goth was great, but I was I was blown away by Skarsgård. His and, performance was fucking so and, unreal. And I can agree, but to be honest, he's not my favorite Skarsgård in anything other than True Blood. And I didn't love him in True Blood either. But that's where we all know him from. I love I love every Skarsgård. <laughs> I love I love his father and stuff. I love uh, obviously the Bill. The, yeah, and then I love his other brother who was in the show Vikings. I can't remember his name. Yeah, but I loved him in that. I just. I'm just not actually a huge fan of Alexander Sarsgaard. Like I've never really been a huge fan of him. Like, is it going to stop me from seeing a movie? No, maybe he, you know, just like Chan Tatum wasn't a huge fan of him. But then when he came out doing comedy with 21 Jump Street and stuff, I changed my Did mind. Did you not like him. Scar uh, Alexander in uh, the Viking? Oh, you mean Northman? Yeah. Or uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, the Northman. Oh, yeah, he wasn't that. Um, he yes, was great in that too. I, see, I did like that, but, but that was more, um, how do I put that? I mean, I guess, I guess as a Viking, I liked it because he did show his more animalistic side in that respect, which anyway, uh, but, uh, I just didn't, other than that, other than that in true blood, I really didn't like him in anything else he's ever been mm. in. Like, like I thought he was dog shit in Tarzan, which most people can probably agree with me. That wasn't a good movie. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't even blame him for that. You well, know. yeah, I just, he was in a couple other things. I, I just don't know what it is about him. Like, like I'm not oh. saying he's a bad actor. I just, I'm not a huge fan of his, but you know, it could take one. Like, I mean, Northman, I wouldn't necessarily change my mind, but like, I, I will not. I'll give him where, give credit where credit's due for Northman. I just, 
I just didn't really care about most of the characters in this movie, Infinity Pool. Damn. Well, I have a theory that doesn't really go into spoilers, but there is essentially, after um, Alexander Skarsgård's wife is not really in the picture in the movie anymore after she leaves, there's seven people, right? Because there's three couples and him. Yep. It is my theory, and I can go into this further uh, on another on another time once because like we're you know we got to get to the movie. But I feel that they all represent the seven deadly sins because the seven deadly sins are all represented in that movie, and I feel like every single one of them represents a specific seven deadly sins. And he goes through it and comes out the other side a completely different person because of what he went through in the movie. Like you're you're your own worst enemy in that movie, and he came out the other side completely changed. That is my theory. You just blew my fucking brain. <laughs> That's my theory. Like, if I now rewatch this with that in my mind, I may think differently because that That's my theory. never went through my head. Now, I don't even know how that... Me and Gabby were talking about it on the car ride home, and she was talking about, like, we were trying to d- dissect it and, 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 like, get into it, and I was like, there were seven people, and then I thought about the seven deadly sins and looked them up, and I'm like, those are all represented at some point in this movie, and there's all... It's Cronenberg. There's a message there somewhere. So that's my... That's my, like, I'm going to try to put this on paper and, like, make it coherent. But right now, that's where I'm at. Now, also, there is a, obviously, the Sundance version was the NC-17 version. They cut it down. Um, I know some scenes that were cut out, which don't add anything to the story, but I am actually. Mostly dongs. Yes. <laughs> I was so upset. I was like, why did Alexander Skarsgård not hang dong in this movie? He what technically the did, though, but they cut it. Yeah, they cut it. <laughs> God damn it. But uh, Upset. Also, I don't know if I really, that specific scene, I don't really care to see his hang dong there. Cause, uh, oh, there was a lot going on there was in a that lot. scene. Oh, my God. Oh, there no, was... I was talking about the very first scene that that. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, scene God. is where he's also hangs dong. And I'm like, I don't really care to see that scene, but the rest, sure, whatever. Yeah, when it makes sense. But know. uh, but I also wonder, just like with Megan, like, I wonder if that if the rated R cut added more to the story to make it like a different, just like um, ex- um Escape Room 2 when it yeah. came out, the, the whole like re edited. Ex- ex- yeah, yeah. Oh, ex- yeah. Cut, and that, cha- that changed, changed our ratings and the way we saw everything, the movie. Everything, yeah. So I wonder if both for Megan, I mean, I mean, I, I like Megan, so like that's not that, but uh, yeah, I already like that one enough. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good with that, but uh, I wonder if the NC 17 version for Infinity Pool changes anything the story wise to make it different. Well, Cronenberg came out the other day and said, you know, he's teasing putting that out on the Blu ray. So oh, it's it's already, it's already, uh, it's already, uh, it's already, uh, okay, it's then already good. been announced. Yeah, so then, well, no, it's been a re- announced that uh decal is is doing the blu-ray for it oh sweet okay not rated so i'm assuming that's going to be the nc-17 but like there's no other details other than hey this has been announced but they're never gonna they're never gonna put nc-17 on a blu-ray they'll just sound right that's not true really i have like four actual like i I own four recently though like well what's recent i don't know like the last five years like when was the like that's what I'm saying like when was the last time you bought an NC17 movie you might own some but I'm saying like nowadays it just seems weird they'll just slap unrated on there I don't know you know what I mean like it just seems more it just makes more sense to just no, say I have to think about it okay you, you get back to me because I definitely <laughs> have some that I've seen in the theaters that were NC17 theatrically yeah that I, they didn't say not rated or dumb down to radar they kept it literally NC17 I've always that's always been a dream of mine is just seeing NC17 movie in theaters I've seen maybe one I've day. seen like four the ones that I own I've seen in theaters okay <laughs> all right well I'm not gonna give away my rating on that because it's gonna be coming up later in the year I fucking uh, even though it would completely threw me off and did not make my day any better it was one of the most polarizing movies i've ever seen in my life i fucking loved it so let's go on to talk about this movie now as we are running out of time as always on this show let's get on to the imdb summary for get out um so actually no sorry 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 hold on a second hold on a second we can talk about some i gotta give you some black history facts here so i pulled these out the internet i did fact check them to make sure they were correct so we're gonna give you two well as correct as the internet can be Uh, yeah (laughs) as correct as the internet can be so i'm gonna give you two facts a week for this month on black history so the first one being black history month began in 1926 as negro history week uh, Carter G. Woodson, an African-American historian who graduated from Harvard with a Ph.D., founded this History Week to highlight the history, lives, contribution to black Americans to American society. In 1976, the week was stretched into a month-long celebration under President Gerald Ford. And according to the Association for Study of African-American Life and History, which was founded by Woodson, quote, 
black teachers in segregated public elementary and secondary schools engaged their students in an array of festivities, plays, pageants, reciting of speeches, essays, concerts, and other events. And your second fact, 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 <laughs> your second fact is Carter G. Woodson selected the month of February to honor Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Black History Month takes place in February for a good reason. Woodson wanted to honor President Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, who were both born in February. Lincoln is well known as the American president who, in 1863, issued the Emancipation Proclamation. This proclamation announced the freedom of American slaves in the Confederate States of America, and Frederick Douglass escaped from American slavery in 1838 to become a renowned abolitionist uh, speaker, if I'm saying that right, and, uh, and writer. He wrote several speeches and books, including, quote, a narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, an American slave. So welcome to Black History Month. Those are some fun facts. We will keep continuing or we will continue on with those fun facts throughout the month. But let us get on to the IMDb summary for Get Out. And not only is this directed by Jordan Peele and written by him, it, it, it actually won a lot of awards and did a lot for African-Americans. So like, this is a great movie to start yeah, with. It was an uh, Oscar winner for Best Original Screenplay? Best Original Screenplay, yep. yeah. So this actually really did a lot for... So, so for, yay for a horror film getting into the Oscars in 2017. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, did, it did a lot. So let's move on to this summary here. Um, get oh actually well real quick have we seen this yes I have seen this I did not like this the first time I've seen it I mentioned this on the show and this is why I wanted to rewatch it you've seen this I once s- twice uh, one, I saw it once in the theater and I did enjoy it um but I enjoyed it a lot more this this round because I haven't seen it since it came out and 2017 was like five years ago so like yeah. uh you know uh, I've matured in my movie watching a little bit like you know everybody d- does after a while and oh, of so, course so upon my rewatch like I understood a lot more than I did the first time and and whatnot so I've I have a I liked it the first time but I think I loved it the second time that's where I'm at I uh, about 20 minutes into the movie I'm like I hate 2017 Austin. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. What was wrong with me? So Get Out from 2017, released on February 24th of that year in the USA. Hey, February what? 24th. I didn't realize it came out in February. Came out in Black History Month. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Nice. Rated R for mild sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, severe profanity, mild alcohol, drugs and smoking, and severe frightening and intense scenes. Coming in at a runtime of... One hour and 44 minutes listed as a horror mystery thriller directed by the man himself, Jordan Peele. He only has three directing credits and he also did us and Nope. Also written by Jordan Peele, who has 15 writing credits. Most come from like Keanu and, you know, Key and Peele and stuff like that. He also wrote us and Nope and did the screenplay for Candyman. He did not direct Candyman, everybody. The Nia DaCosta directed Candyman. A lot of people get that confused. Produced by 14 people, two of which you will recognize, Jason Blum of Blumhouse and Jordan Peele, because he wrote and directed this as well. And this is where his uh, production company started. They didn't have a little yeah, uh, the, thing the, for the it yet, thing, because yeah. it, it, it just said Monkey Power Productions, but yeah. in us, you see... It usually happens that way. Like, if yeah. somebody's first production company, they'll just say the words, but then by the time the next one comes out, we're going to get some shit. Because it has the, the teacup that she's spinning around. And so. it's actually, the, real quick, just kind of the same way over some TV shows. Like, usually you'll get, like, the TV show, like, title, and then the next episode, you get, like, a good, like, minute-long version of, the, yeah. of it all with the cast and everything. So it, it's... I mean, it's kind of cool to see like that evolve from one thing to the next, no matter if it's one episode to the second episode or one movie to a second movie. Yeah. So this is where his production company started. And of course, he, you know, obviously produced us and Nope and whatever he's going to do next. Uh, It's composed by a man named Michael Abel's 12 composer credits also did us and Nope. So Peel obviously likes to work with the same people. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? If it works, it works. Direct our cinematography by Toby Oliver, 57 cinematographer credits. Also did Wolf Creek 2, Happy Death Day, and Happy Death Day to You. Insidious, The Last Key, Fantasy Island, and Day Shift. Edited by Gregory Plotkin, who has 19 credits. Uh, also edited Paranormal Activity 2 through 5, Happy Death Day, and Hellfest. We got a lot of awesome starring people in this movie. Daniel Kaluuya as Chris Washington, 27 acting credits. Also in Black Panther as Wakabi, and Nope as O.J. Haywood. We've got Allison Williams as Rose Armitage, 16 acting credits, also in The Perfection as Charlotte and Megan, or Me Thregan, as I like to call it, as Gemma. 
Catherine Keener as Missy Armitage, 85 acting credits, also in the 40-year-old version as Trish, and The Croods 1 and 2 as Ugga. Then we've got Bradley Whitford, one of my favorite guys ever as <laughs> yes. Dean Armitage, 133 acting credits, also in Billy Madison as Eric Gordon, and The Kevin in the Woods as Hadley. Then we've got Caleb Landry Jones as Jeremy Armitage, 35 acting credits, also in The Last Exorcism as Caleb Sweetser, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri as Red Welby that I just watched recently. Um, then the last two here, we've got Marcus Henderson as Walter, 25 acting credits, also in Pete's Dragon as Woodrow, and Insidious The Last Key as Detective Whitfield. And then we've got... Certainly not least, Betty Gabriel as Georgina, 24 acting credits, also in Unfriended Dark Web as Nari, and Upgrade as Detective Cortez. I like your uh, your spelling of detective. Yes, de- detectice. Detectice. <laughs> Estimated budget of $4.5 million, a worldwide box office gross of $255.7 million. This is what you would like to call a home run. Yep. Um, direct, or, no, filmed in Fairhope in Mobile, Alabama. You can watch this on Amazon for a $3.99 rental, a $9.99 purchase, or you can just buy the Blu-ray like I did for $7.99, and I'm so glad I did. Movies that came out around the same time, we've got A Cure for Wellness, The Lego Batman Movie, Rings, John Wick Chapter 2, Kong Skull Island, Logan, Raw, Beauty and the Beast, The Belko Experiment, Power Rangers, and The Smurfs, The Lost Village. Going down to There's spe- a lot that came out in February. Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck? So many Those of, are summer movies. Like so many good movies too. Like, Lo- like Logan, Raw, fucking I, I Lego thought, Batman. I thought half of those came out in the summer, so like that blew my mind. Apparently not. Yeah. The, these were released between uh, January and March. So Whale. going into <laughs> well, Going into specific horror moments, sir, did you have one? And if so, what was it? Yeah, so uh it was mainly it was uh, so when uh, the main character, uh uh Daniel you know, cool, like, what, what Chris. Chris, when he comes out for a, a a smoke and he sees that guy just rushing him, Walter, and then, yeah. yeah, and then he turns around and sees the, uh, I guess the maid in the window, Georgina. And, yeah, I mean it wasn't like a like a horrifying moment, but it was like because if I'm in the dark and I see somebody charging at me. I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I turn around and see somebody else just like staring at me, but then like, oh no, I didn't do that. I'm like, um, okay. What the fuck? That was my moment up until the twist happened. I was like, that's my moment. I oh. mean, I mean, that's a, that, I feel like that would be my, yeah, no, that'd be another, I guess that would be the second one. Like a one. secondary one. Yeah. The non-spoiler moment is the one I just said. Yeah. The, uh, the, the non same though. The non-spoiler one would be the one you said, but then yeah, the spoiler one for me would be the twist. Uh, favorite kill. Um, uh, most of them are spoilers, but I'll just say mine. It happens with the deer head. That's all I'm going to yes. say. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it was either going to be that one or, or the first one in the room. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Well, I guess technically that's part one of two for that. <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Whatever. That, that character. That character. Uh, did you have a favorite character? Yes, his friend. Yeah, Rod. T T yeah. T T S A guy. T S Elliot, that guy. Uh, no, yeah, obviously he's he is the, the best. best. He's the best. Uh, my least favorite character is the entire Armitage family. Yes, fuck, fuck them. all of them. <laughs> Racist pieces. Honestly, shit. I'd also like to as a as a secondary character was uh, the blind artist guy. Oh yeah, because he's from um, a lot of like comics, oh. Office Space, Dodgeball, Dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. I liked his I liked his his character. Yeah, uh, besides that he was, you know, what he did. But yes, yes but yeah. still. Uh, okay, yeah, so, and then, did you have a, <laughs> my favorite line is a doozy, so I don't know if you had a favorite line. I don't necessarily, no, uh, I... <laughs> my favorite line is a fucking paragraph, so, uh... Get, go, just go, I don't have one, go. Okay, so my favorite line is, of course, Rod, because he's the comedic relief in this. Oh, I guess anything he says is a good line. So my favorite line, though, it was like, quote, look, Jeffrey Dahmer was eating the shit. Yes, yeah. yes. Jeffrey Dahmer was eating the shit out of N-word head. I'm, I'm obviously not saying that. He was like, but, but that was after he fucked the heads. Do you think they saw that shit coming? Hell no. Okay, they was they was coming over there to like I'm gonna suck a little dick, maybe jiggle some balls and shit. No, they didn't get a chance to jiggle shit because their head was off their fucking body. Yeah, they still suck a dick, but without their heads, it was fucking weird, man. Detach, detached head shit. You know that's Jeffrey Dahmer's business. So I guess fa- favorite di- line of dialogue. Yes, that's a basically anything is any. And you know the funny thing about every single oh. to- every single comedy part of his dialogue was all improv. Yeah. <laughs> 
that Jeffrey Dahmer thing was improv for the most part. I mean, he he had to get the point across of what they were talking about, but the Jeffrey Dahmer thing is what he said was all uh, him. I, I was I had to rewind that and, and oh, quote so it, and funny. quote it verbatim. I was oh, like so good. I, I was cackling. All right, let's get on to the IMDb summary, and then we will go on to the plot of the movie. Uh, a young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. And boy, does it. Does it boil. Does it boil like a motherfucker. Now, before you get into it real quick, I just want to say, like, I don't know if how you felt, but like up until like the third act... It was probably what I mean. I mean, a lot of horror movies. Like, I don't usually get uncomfortable with movies, like at all. Like, no matter what what the subject matter is, whatever. But like, up until like the the climax or the third act, uh, I was quite uncomfortable with with once they got to that house. Until yeah. I was quite uncomfortable with everything. And I'm like, oh. I don't remember feeling this way the first time. I'll tell you when I got uncomfortable. It's it was pretty quick into the movie, but. The opening scene is we see, you know, we see uh, a black dude walking through the suburbs and a uh, car pulls up slowly next to him, starts kind of tracking him. He's like, fuck this. I'm turning the other way. So he turns around and goes back to wherever he was coming from, I guess. And then he turns back around just to look at the car. Car is parked. Door is open. He's like, oh, God, this is not good. And then he just gets ambushed by this guy in like a fucking gimp suit like i don't know he's all black wearing this crazy shit knocks him unconscious drags him to the car boom title sequence so you're like okay that's sketchy and then we're introduced to rose and chris their boyfriend and girlfriend they're getting ready to go away for the weekend to visit her family and he's concerned that they don't know she's dating a black guy she's like no it's okay they're incredibly progressive <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, and then chris mentioned you know and then, and then we find out that this is the first black guy she's dated and she's like, I'm totally confident that my parents are going to be cool. Like, we're going to be we're going to be good. So they arrive. They meet the they meet the parents. And I'm like, cool. You know, like Dan's an, or uh, Dean is a neurosurgeon. His mother is a psychologist or psychiatrist. Her name's Missy. Everything seems normal. And this is when I got uncomfortable. They have two housekeepers. Well, they have a, a maid. Yes, and then they have. That's when it started. Yeah, they have yep. a maid. And then they have like a um, uh, like a groundskeeper. Gr- there we go. Thank you. Groundskeeper. Walter and Georgina. And they are acting weird as fuck. But and they are both also African-American. Yeah. So Dean's like, yeah, I know it looks bad. Two, two wealthy white people with, you know, two black helpers. Uh, but we hired them on to take care of my parents. And boy, when you find out that twist. Uh, and then, you know, he's like, I felt bad letting them go. So, you know, but there's definitely something off about Walter and Georgina. You, you see that immediately. And... Um, and then they find out that Chris is a smoker once they sit down for tea. And uh, Missy's like, hey, I could tr- I could cure that through hypnosis. And Rose is like, no, 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 you don't need to be messing around in his head. And, and while, while they're sitting there talking, she's drinking tea and she taps the teacup three times, which is very important later in the movie. And then they tell Rose, like, hey, we're having a big party tomorrow. And Rose is like, wait, what? What do you mean? And they're like, it's the same fucking time every year. Why are you surprised? Like, what are you doing? Which is obviously all connected later on. Uh, and then they finally we meet Jeremy, which is uh, Dean and Missy's son. He comes off as kind of a, 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 a cock. Yeah, a douchebag. <laughs> douchebag. He's a drunk, rich kid. And that night at dinner, he gets a wee bit drunk. They're discussing MMA, Chris and him. And he's like, oh, let's spar. And Chris is like, I don't fight drunk dudes. Like, no, no, no. And then, yeah. you know, the parents get really like, go to bed. So obviously you can see, you know, he's got something going on in his head. By the way, I just want to say, I think I feel like he's an underrated actor. He's great in Three Billboards uh, in Ebbing, Missouri. He's great in this. Like, he is such he a good actor. He was also in one of the uh, X-Men reboots, but I forgot yeah. which one. Yeah, he's a great actor. Um, so Chris and Rose retire to their room where, you know, Rose is like, I'm so sorry for my family, blah, blah, blah. And then in the middle of the night, Chris wakes up. He's like, I'm going to go sneak a cigarette. And then that's when we have the altercation with Walter, who just fucking like out of out of the pitch Tom black. Tom Cruise runs. Yeah, Tom Cruise running. And he runs straight at him, then just dives to the right and goes into the fucking forest, I guess. And Georgina's sitting there with her bug eyes, like doing weird shit. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go back inside now. But of course, once he goes back inside, uh, Missy startles him by turning on a light. And she's like, smoking is so bad. I can't believe you do that in front of my daughter, like guilt tripping him. I'm like, this is going to get bad. And it gets bad immediately because he sits down under, you know, like kind of mocking the notation of hypnotism, unaware that she's slowly hypnotizing him with the teacup, kind of doing the same thing over and over again. And she takes him back to the night his mom died when he was 11 and all this stuff starts coming up. 
he, he goes into how nervous he was because his mom didn't come home and he was too scared to do anything. And she taps the cup three times and says, sink. And we see Chris as a kid sink into his bed. And then we see Chris in the present day sink into the chair that he's sitting in. And he goes into pitch blackness, almost looking at like a little TV screen of Missy. And uh, his consciousness has left his body at this point, And he just becomes paralyzed in this sunken place. And that's what they call it, the sunken place. And that was... A really fucking cool scene when he just falls ba- falls back and it's kind of like he's in space almost. You've got all these little kind of stars surrounding him. And then, like I said, he's like he's literally falling backwards, like looking at this small TV screen of what's happening. And that comes into play much later in the movie. Once, you know, we, I'm not going to get into it too far because we're not spoiling this one since it's only a few years old. So the next morning he wakes up, sees his phone is unplugged and he's like, OK, cool. And we plug that back in, uh, goes outside and has a weird altercation with Walter. He just, he just seems like the, they just seem so off. They're just like talking in a weird manner and not connecting with him in a certain way that he is kind of expecting them to. And, uh, this is when he tells Rose, he's like, Hey, I think I was hypnotized last night. Like I have vague recollections of what happened and Rose, you know, she's like, Oh, I can't believe she'd do that. Why would she do that? And I'm like, I know why she did that shit. Um, and then this is when all the wealthy friends arrive. It's, it's mostly older white people and they say some very inappropriate things to Chris, very inappropriate in like such a charming way too. You're like, this is so racist what you're saying, but you're saying it with a smile. I don't, what are you doing? I don't get it. And then eventually Chris sees another, another black guy and he approaches them. And who is it? It's fucking Andre. That's his name from the beginning of the movie who got taken in the middle of the night, but he's now going by Logan and is just as weird as Walter and Georgina. So Chris decides to go back to his phone, which is unplugged again. So someone's obviously fucking with this phone and not wanting him to communicate with the outside world. He goes to check in on Rod and uh, he finds Rose. It's like, Hey, my phone's unplugged. I think, I think Georgina's like taken. I don't know which. I feel like she's unplugging my phone. And she's like, no, no, no. You're just being paranoid. You're in an uncomfortable situation. And he's like, okay, you're probably right. And then she leaves. Plugs it in, calls Rod. They have that conversation with the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing. And I love this part. Rod's like, you know, white people love to have sex slaves. And he's like, you need to get out of there. He's like, like, I don't feel like they're the sex slave having type. And there was just that whole conversation on the phone was fucking hilarious. Like, Rod is so funny. Um, So Chris hangs up, is about to leave. He's blocked by Georgina, who apologizes for unplugging his phone. And... um, she lifted it up while she was dusting the ninth stand and then it came unplugged and she didn't want to mess with it further. I'm like, okay, well that's weird. He's like, it's fine. It's whatever. I don't want to snitch or rat you out. And she's like, snitch. What? He's like, yeah, rat you out. And she's like, Oh, you mean like tattletale? He's like, sure. It's an old way to say it, but yeah. And then she gets super weird because he mentions getting nervous around too many white people. And then she like lets out a single tear while making that crazy face. And is like, the Armitage has always treated me like family. And at this point, I don't know how you felt. I was uncomfortable. I mean, the, the, like I said, up once they got to the house, all the way up into the third act, I was pretty uncomfy. I was, uh, yeah, I was, on, I was like on edge. I was like on the edge of my seat, just kind of like I'm not like cringe uncomfortable, just like tense. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like I mean, it definitely like Jordan Peele definitely did the job. Like gave us like what what he wanted to do. Like, he understood the assignment. Yes. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I don't remember feeling as uncomfortable. No, I don't. I remember. Just but then being... again, yeah. I mean, but I do remember this entire movie as its entirety. I've only seen it once, minus this one, so twice t- in total. But I don't remember in theater. You would think in theaters it'd be more uncomfortable because I'm in a bigger setting. Maybe it was surrounded because, by people. Yeah. yeah maybe because now I'm sitting by myself and I'm, and I'm just watching this alone. Not not that it was scary, but like it's uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable and like uh. Like, you know, uh, Enzion does this thing like once a month called Uncomfortable Brunch. And this <laughs> is the movie I feel. And they do movies that are supposedly make you uncomfortable. Like they show. And I feel like this needs to be on that slate. Yeah, it does. Because Chris, uh, after he has that weird interaction with Georgina, he goes back outside and he tries to discreetly take a picture of Andre slash Logan with his cell phone. But he's forgotten to turn the flash off. And as soon as he flashes the camera... Andre completely changes. He goes from being like prim and proper to just like raving mad. He starts yelling at Chris. He's like, get out, get the fuck out of here. But of course he's thinking get out as in, you know, why are you taking pictures of me? Not get out as in like, you should run from the situation, which is very interesting. Um, And then Rose's dad explains to everyone that the flash just caused a seizure. Andre comes back. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to go home for the night. Sorry. I won't grace you with my presence for the rest of the day. And you're like, yeah, okay. 
And then Chris and Rose go for a walk. Chris is like, hey, he didn't have a seizure. Something's going on. Um, I'd like to go home now. I'm uncomfortable. And then back at the house, real quick, you see Dean is holding this silent auction with all the guests there, holding up bingo cards to bid. And next to him is a picture of Chris. So at this point, you really, really know something is not as it seems uh, Jim Hudson, the blind man who Chris interacted with earlier in the film. Uh, Jim Hudson is a um, an art something. Dealer. Dealer. There it's you go. Dealer. Yeah. And uh, Chris is a photographer. You know, Chris knows his work. And uh, Jim Hudson just thought it was so ironic that an art dealer would go blind. But he wins the auction. All the other guests go home. Rose finally agrees to take Chris home. And she's like, I'll make something up. We'll just get the fuck out of here. So they go upstairs. Chris is starting to pack his belongings. He sends the picture of Andre to Rod. Rod calls him immediately and he's like, I know that guy, like my sister's cousin or something. His name is Dre or Andre. He used to work at the movie theater. So now you know that Chris wasn't crazy for thinking he recognized him. He recognized him. Rod knows him. He's been missing for like six weeks, I think, at this point. And Chris tells Rod, um, you know, he's like, he is different. Why is he dressed like that? I mean, like, he's with a woman nearly 30 years older than him. And Rod is like, sex slave, I told you. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, Rod, you silly son of a bitch. He's like, you need to get the fuck out of there. And then at that moment, uh, Chris's phone dies. And he knows it, notices that the closet door is open. He looks inside to find a box filled with photos of Rose posed romantically with many other black guys. And there's also photos of her with Walter and Georgina. And they do not, re they do not appear to resemble the robotic versions. Chris has met. That's where we'll end it. Cause at that point, you know, Rose is a lying bitch because she said that Chris was her first. It's like, she was the first black man she dated. So obviously she is luring people in to this house for her father to do something with it. You know, again, I'm not going to say because it's kind of spoiler territory. We're not spoiling this, but that's when, you know, shit is not as it seems. And at that point, when you see that, cause that's not even really the twist. There's like two other twists after that. If you think about it, there's a couple more. So that's not even like the big reveal. I wanted to end it there because that's when, you know, things not as not or not as they seem. And it goes fucking downhill after that. But of course, there is some more comedic humor with Rod. I love that they they added him in there because there's sometimes when you add someone in to be the comedic relief and they kind of get annoying. I never felt annoyed by his presence well, at all. Because he wasn't in it enough to be annoying. That's true. He was only like, if you think about four scenes that were under a minute. That's true. But some like the guy from Midsommar, like I find slightly annoying because well, he, he was also in most of that movie. Too. And yeah, and he was just kind of like, I was like, God, you're such a douche. Like, cause he was funny, and, but he was also a dick to um, Danny for like no fucking reason. Like, okay. So it's nice to have comedic relief in there and not get tired of it. But I mean, what, like overall thoughts real quick of just how you like, you know, like cinematography, camera work, dialogue, it just kind of overall thoughts of your, of, of, like of the, the movie. Uh, pretty much liked all of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> same. <laughs> I'm so mad at myself for not liking it when I first saw it. Cause I, I, oh, no, I still liked it when I first saw it, but I, but like I said, I, I, I now love it versus just liking it. Yeah. I, that, I'm the same way. I kind of felt, I, I, it's one of those movies that definitely got overhyped for me. And I went in expecting like, you know, my, my five star movie because it had great ratings. And then I didn't get what I thought was what I wanted. But then, you know, it's been six years because I saw it in theater. So I saw it in 2017. I haven't seen it in nearly six years. So I was due for a rewatch. And I am so glad I watched it again. And we're doing this on the podcast because I fucking love that movie. And not only do I love it, I think it's definitely one of Peel's best, best movies. You know, I mean, I, out of the three, it's my favorite. See, it's it's tied with me for with uh, with Nope. True. No, same they're, with, yeah, same with me. But, but if I had to choose which one to watch again, first would be Get Out. I'd go with see. Okay, I'd, I'd go with Nope just because I like the sci-fi element. I just I love the alien shit. I mean, I I I mean that's fair. I mean, I mean it was good. I mean it was good. Don't get me wrong. I I love Nope also. But if like right now, seeing right now, if if I had to choose like next week to choose one to rewatch like immediately it would be get out i like that though it's fun we both like them equally but i would choose nope and you chose you'd choose get out i like that uh but yeah it's uh it definitely has changed my opinion on uh on this I, like my opinion has definitely changed i i love this movie 
I will definitely be rewatching this down the road, probably soon, honestly, just because uh, I did, you know, I watched it alone. I didn't watch it with Gabby, so I'll probably make her watch it soon down the road. But let's get to some wrap up things here. Let's talk about some taglines. There's two taglines that I could find. One being just because you're invited, it doesn't mean you're welcome. And the second one is, do you belong in this neighborhood? Now, that's interesting because the first one I don't agree with tagline wise. But I can't say why because I was yeah. spoiled. <laughs> but I don't agree with the first tagline. It's yeah. very misleading. So maybe if you did that on purpose, bravo. But if you didn't, then nope. Yeah. <laughs> then nope. I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, trivia, real quick. Jordan Peele said the title is also a reference to what he often hears black audiences shout out at the screen while watching horror movies. Which is true. Yelling at a character <laughs> to get out in this movie. <laughs> Rod and Andre so good. Rod and Andre both say it's a Chris, which is a fact. Due to the success of this film, Jordan Peele became the first African American writer, producer, and director to earn more than one hundred million dollars in a debut film. It's pretty good. So that's that's one thing. There's a lot of other things that this movie did for like the African American community. Uh, the opening of the film was partially inspired by the opening of Halloween, which Jordan Peele describes as a subversion of the perfect white neighborhood. Uh, this film joins the handful of horror films to be nominated for the Academy Awards Best Picture, such as The Exorcist, Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, uh, Sixth Sense, and Black Swan, which is funny because Black Swan and Silence of the Lambs are not horror movies. They're psychological thrillers, so I don't know. I would consider them partially horror. IMDb, I, I, I IMDb does not list them as horror. They are not horror for me, so fucking, you fucking weirdos. Jordan Peele was the fourth black writer to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. The previous nominees were Susan DePass for uh, Lady Sings the Blues, 1972, Spike Lee for Do the Right Thing, 1989, and John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, 1991. Peel was the first ever black winner of an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. That is fucking amazing. Domestically, the film became the highest grossing debut horror film based on an original screenplay with $176 million, and that was just... Uh, like I said, domestically, worldwide, it was 255. Dethroning the Blair Witch Project from 1999, nearly two decades later, with a long record of uh, over $140 million. So that's fucking amazing. It, this, like I said, this movie did a lot. It did a lot of things. Not only being amazing, it did so much. Director Cameo, uh, the voice that says a mind is a terrible thing to waste, that was Jordan Peele, and a director trademark. TSA Rod Williams, a TSA agent, is a highly sympathetic character. Peel has said he, he has general affection for TSA screeners and doesn't just see them as annoyances at the airport and several key and peel skits centered around TSA agents in various settings. Uh, 531 out of 546 people found this interesting. I don't know why I put that in there. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Goofs. We've got after Rose accidentally hits the deer and stops her vehicle, the camera lens can vaguely be seen on the car. It absolutely can be. It's right there on the reflection. When the Porsche pulls away from um, uh, Andre, there are at least three moving shadows visible on the street. Andre, along with the crew, I saw that as well. Transportation security officers are not federal law enforcement officers and do not drive airport patrol cars as they have no authority outside of an airport checkpoint, uh, airport security checkpoint. They do not have arrest authority, carry no weapons, and are not permitted to use force. So that scene makes no sense at all. Looking, uh, sorry, losing to, um, oh, sorry, no, hold on, let me go down. There's no, oh yeah, there's no benefit in the, in the girlfriend luring the first victim, but then risking kidnapping in a public street. Like, why would you do that? That made no sense to me. Like you're luring him to the house. Let him get to the house. Um, <laughs> this is great. When Rod searches for information on a Andre Hayworth, the second result is a page titled how to report a missing person. However, in the close up, the excerpt from the page shows instructions on how to feed a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Rating 7.7 .7 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, IMDb 4.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. This might be one of the highest rated movies we've ever done. Has a 98% on the tomato meter and an 86% audience score. Similar movies, according to Letterboxd, we have Us, Barbarian, Candyman, Midsommar, and Hereditary. Similar movies, according to IMDb, Us, Midsommar, Hereditary, It, and Split. I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. So did I. Yeah, which ties for Nope at 4.5. I really want to rewatch Us now to see if my opinions changed. I don't think they will, um, but I definitely want to rewatch that one, and I have it here. I actually might. I honestly might rewatch that one tonight because I'm in a very I'm in a very Jordan Peele mood right now. 
So before we end this, let us talk about some bad. Did you find any bad reviews? I only found like two. It was hard to find bad reviews on this movie. It's so highly rated. I'm going to be honest. I forgot that was a thing. It's fine. It's a new segment. Yeah. So um, so I didn't find any reviews. Yeah. I searched and searched and searched for some bad reviews. And I, it was it was a struggle because every single bad rating I saw, there was no review. It was like two stars, one and a half. But no one actually reviewed it. So I think I've got two here. Let me see. I know I've got one for sure. But yeah, it was. it's hard to find. Um, it's really hard to find bad ratings on a movie that has a 4.2. So let's see. I've got, oh, I've got one. <laughs> I've got one from Joshua the Obscure. Uh, one star. I had a feeling I was always going to hate this movie. Well, if, if you have that attitude, <laughs> of course you're going to hate it. But yeah, it's hard to find bad reviews on a movie that has a 4.2 on Letterboxd. So that is all I've got for bad reviews. I'm sorry I failed you guys. I searched up and down Letterboxd for things. I guess I could try IMDb. I just I mean, never. I mean, yeah, there's other. Yeah. I, I guess mean, I guess I could have tried IMDb. The, the but... difference between IMDb and Letterbox too is if you go to IMDb and you actually click on the two star ratings, they'll take you to all the two star ratings. See, that's what I don't like about Letterbox is you can't sort them by rating. It just sorts them by date or uh, name, like who rated it. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna try IMDb. Yeah, IMDb, you can do okay. that. All right, I'll do that. Uh, so if you want to follow us on Facebook, check us out. We're Frightmares and Instagram and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast, Twitter at Frightmares underscore Pod. Uh, our, our email is stayspookyatoutlook.com. I'm also on TikTok at silver.shamrock. I'm also on Letterboxd, too. Uh, Dr. Proctor, you are still my favorite name of all time. Next week, me and Corey will be back doing yet another movie supporting black history. Um, I don't really know how to say what it's about, but it's going to be good. It's a movie that is not very well known. It's kind of new. So I'm very excited to talk about that one, but yeah, I don't know how to like give you a hint on what we're doing because it's such an unknown movie. Like I'd never heard of it until I looked it up. So until next week, stay tuned and stay spooky.